are listening to a brand new podcast that has been produced by Little Bird Media. The podcast is called When We Grow Up. And just before we get deep into the conversation, I'd like to ask a massive favour. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, please click subscribe or follow. Hi there, my name is Mark Geary. And this week, I sat down with the Managing Director of Little Bird Markets, Jackie Crozier. We talked about her career, her passions, her fears, and we also talked about what she wanted to be when she grew up. Thanks for listening. You and I have been talking about podcast for quite a while, and then it was International Women's Day, and you got a message off one of your traders that said, when they grow up, they want to be more like you. So this podcast is going to start like every podcast. I'm going to ask you the same question. And that is, when you were at school, what did you want to be when you grew up? I suppose this is a point where I need to be really inspirational and <laughs> say I wanted to be an event manager and all the other things that, that we've talked about. But being honest, Mark, I didn't really know. didn't have a clue. Um, and... I was kind of grasping at things and so the natural thing for me to do uh, my granddad had been in the army Ripon is an army town um, I was quite good at organising things so I wanted to go and be an officer in the army and work in logistics I can so see you in the army we had a conversation and you were about you talked about a shoe shop. So uh, there was a shoe shop in Ripon called Freeman Hardy Willis and my mum was manager of the shoe shop. Yeah, she was working there when I was about to come into the world. And then fast forward 16 years and I went and got a Saturday job in the very same shoe shop. What was school like for you? I don't think I was a real fan of school. Um, I don't know whether that was um, me kind of finding, trying to find myself as a gay woman or... Just the whole academic part of it. Um, I, I I was okay. I started off really well at school. I was in the top classes, etc. I was doing really, really well. And then uh, about 14, it all <laughs> didn't go to plan. Um, I wasn't really bad, but um, I just didn't focus as much as I needed to. What was your favourite class? Um, history and PE. PE? Yeah. Believe it or not, I was quite sporty. And who was your favourite teacher? Uh, my Probably my PE teacher, Mrs Midwood. Yeah, um, really inspirational. And I just, I loved PE. I loved being outdoors. I loved the whole sporty nature of things. Um, I was quite good at some sports, not so good at others. I do remember um, me, my friends, Michelle and Angela, we got caught um, <laughs> cutting across the cross-country park and we got grounded for that because we didn't really like cross-country we were more short distance but um it, yeah PE and history the thought of cross-country gives me cold shivers it's one of the most things that I hated at school hated cross-country regarding school and education did you go to college uni no I went straight into working at, oh well I think no I did a year at college sorry I did a year in the sixth form um, and then just went straight into working. went to manage the shoe shop. Um, so that was, yeah, I was, I was kind of into the managerial world fairly quickly. Um, but then at about 25, um, I realised that I wanted to work in events. So I went and did a mature access course in Leeds. I did media and business studies. And from that, I went to do uh, a year 
I only did a year at university. I went to do an event management course and I realised that it probably wasn't for me. I felt a bit old at the time. Even though, looking back now, 26 is not old, I did feel a bit old and I thought, you know what, I'm going to go and do it the hard way. I'm going to go and get a job and I'm going to get in the events world that way. So your career timeline, shoe shop, university, mature student, and then how did you get into events? Um, I was working in Leeds at St James Hospital and I was very much into, uh, yeah, just working at the hospital. I was a bed manager and that's when I decided that I wanted to work in events. So I went and did some voluntary work. I saw that the British Transplant Games were coming to Leeds and I contacted them and asked them if I could help. I ended up organising the opening ceremony of, of big children's events and so that's what kind of pushed me back into that um, that role of working in um, events but from that I went to university and I ended up going and working in fundraising so I went to work for Marie Curie Cancer Care and became the local fundraiser in Leeds so that kind of gave me that buzz of working in events but in a fundraising capacity as well um, my heart was always in working in big events and then this opportunity came up at Manchester Pride I was living in Leeds I knew I, I was going out in Manchester quite a bit so I knew um, some of the people over there and I knew one of the ladies who was on the board of Manchester Pride Steph Kay she were she owned a, uh, a women's bar in Manchester's gay village and um, I told her that I was going to apply for the job and she said yeah you should do she wasn't on the interview panel so I, I, I did earn it and, and anyway I went over to Manchester uh, applied for the job got the job and within six months I'd moved over to Manchester and uh, I, yeah I was the festival manager something like that uh, for a couple of years um, and in that time um, I was tr I was getting talked into becoming the festival director and I didn't particularly want to be the face of Manchester Pride take over Manchester Pride but in the end they they talked me into it and I suppose the rest is history. One thing that always drew me to you as a person over the years is your activism not just on LGBTQ stuff but on women's issues on health. How important is activism to you? To I like to think I do and I don't know if that's um, the Crozier Taylor genes um, there's quite a strong female lead in that family but I think it's really important that if you do have a voice and you do have a platform, for me anyway, I should be able to say what I think and about about things that matter to me. So whether that be fundraising or women's issues, like I said, LGBT issues, um, political issues. I think if you've if you've got that chance to have a platform, um, you should be able to speak up. And I've been really fortunate in my career. Um, and my personal life that I've been able to do that and hopefully I've done it for the best and for the right reasons. Timeline thing, Manchester Pride, you left there and then you went on to do Help the Heroes? Um, I did a lot of um, freelance work. I've worked in um, production companies in Manchester. Um, I organised um, lots of events at Manchester United, uh, Man City, I've worked on events for Marketing Manchester, organised a big opening ceremony for a, a European Science Festival, which I think was one of the scariest events I've ever worked on because we went live to three different countries in different timelines. Um, 
but it was amazing and I've been so fortunate uh, as a Manchester United fan I got to do an event with Sir Alex Ferguson just before I finished John will be so happy <laughs> John will be happy that's John Mark's so dad happy. <laughs> my dad will be so happy um, but I've, I've been really lucky. I left Manchester Pride and went to work on the Olympics at Manchester United um, in the men's and women's football. I've been very, really, really fortunate in what I've been able to do and the jobs that I've been able to pick, um, especially working on large scale music festivals, which is something that I really enjoy doing. I just want to um, go back a few steps and talk about your role in fundraising. Um, fundraising, I know, is a massive part of your little bird ethos quite clear that you always have a heavy presence from fundraisers or charity and stuff like that so can you explain yeah I think throughout my whole life I've been part of fundraising um whether it was my very first fundraising activity for the British Art Foundation uh, when I was a kid um I've worked for Marie Curie Cancer Care for a couple of years I understand the importance of what charities need and the support that they need so if I can help raise money I will do it at Manchester Pride all the money that was made for after the festival went to local charities so it's always kind of been there and if I can see an opportunity for a charity to have a presence then absolutely I will do that so I don't think many people see at Little Bird that there are some charity stores because I like to pick the ones that look like they're artisan as well um so for example um well, there's 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 quite a lot of charities so that the Trust yeah, the Woodland Trust to the local Women's Institute. We work with the um, the Weatherby Lions on events, and also when I've got buskers at events. Um, last month we had a group from Harrogate who were raising money for St Michael's Hospice, yeah. and that's a charity, an organisation that's quite close to my heart as well. Yeah. So if there is an opportunity, I will find it because charity starts at home, doesn't it? Speaking of fundraising, April 22nd, you are jumping out of a plane to raise money for the British Heart Foundation um, with some of your fellow traders from Little Bird Made. Explain why the British Heart Foundation first. So, yes, the British Heart Foundation. Um, my dad had a heart attack um, in October, sorry, November 2010, and sadly... Uh, Mum and myself, we had to make the really hard decision to turn his life support machine off. Um, and it kind of came from there. I wanted to, I've always wanted to do some fundraising for them, but the Alzheimer's Society kind of took over that. And so when I was looking at picking a fundraising partner for uh, Little Bird, they were kind of the natural the natural kind of charity for me for the first one so we've committed to doing um a year's fundraising and i want to raise eleven thousand pound and for me that's a thousand pound for every year that my dad's not been here and i think it's it's a really good opportunity to, for um little bird but the traders because we are a family we all see each other week in week out we probably spend more time with fellow traders than we do with our own family and We've created this community and we all really care and it shows that by people um, agreeing to my challenge to jump out of a plane. Um, so most of the traders are jumping as a tandem, unlike uh, John from Spruce York and myself, we are doing it as a solo jump. So um, yeah, I said I would lead by example because I've done a tandem before, so I thought I really need to challenge myself, so I am 
going for some training. John and I go some training the day before. We must pay attention. We must pull the string, and <laughs> otherwise you're getting the keys to the castle mark there's, there's lots of things going on throughout the year and we've got willows bake at the moment who are going around getting lots of donations from all the traders which is brilliant and over the jubilee weekend we're going to be raffling off five really big raffle prizes um, so there's lots of things that are taking place and i'm sure we'll come up with some other crazy ideas between now and the end of the year just if you are listening to this podcast you can go to the little bird website which is littlebirdmade.com and there's a big red button on the top of the website and you can donate to help Jackie raise her £11,000 for the British Heart Foundation and if you could do that that would be absolutely great. Right business I want to talk about Little Bird Markets. Um, Your friend Shelley from Standout Social sent us a question and she wants to know where you got the name Little Bird Markets from? Little Bird is about the small artisan traders that may start out on a market stall and they have the confidence to do that and then their business starts growing and eventually, hopefully, they'll flow the nest, they'll fly the nest and either get a shop or whatever that kind of business experience may be they will they will fly the nest and we'll watch them grow and that's where kind of little bird comes from also my dad used to call me little crow so there's kind of a two-pronged approach to that and it just felt really nice that we are watching these traders get bigger and get stronger and get more confident and if it means losing them on a market and they're getting a shop or whatever direction that may be they might become a stockist whatever it may be um I think it's really important to to help and support these traders. You're definitely not just another market brand. I can like say that with, like from my own experience. Um, I want to ask you what the Little Bird Markets vision board looks like. It is a curated visitor experience, and it's about watching those traders grow. The change in traders over the last year has been huge. I see it every week when traders are talking to us about how to change the stall, how to kind of improve on things. And it, it really is about the traders and that's not in a cheesy way. That is in it. I want, I want to make as many opportunities and possibilities for traders to trade in North Yorkshire. Well, the whole of Yorkshire because we, we, we're in all of Yorkshire now, aren't we? So, yeah. um. I think it's just it's really important and but like you said it's it's not just a market brand is it there's so many other aspects to it which is really exciting and just watching that community of artisan traders grow that family of of traders so it's it's really quite straightforward for me um i want to talk to you about this new word that i've heard in podcasts whilst i've been doing my research for this podcast which is the moonshot idea what triggered the moonshot idea for you to launch Little Bird Market? Um, it's really straightforward. Um, my mum was in hospital um, over in Ripon and um, I spent a lot of time over in Ripon looking after her. So I'd, I was living in Manchester, but I was spending a lot of time over in Ripon and um, I was needed something to do to distract me. And I'd always kind of thought about 
small artisan traders. I love working on events. And whenever I would come from Manchester to Ripon, I would always, where possible, I'd always fill up my car with petrol in Ripon. I'd always go and do some shopping in Ripon if I needed anything because I'd... Manchester's a really big city and it can, it doesn't need my money, whereas small towns really need the money. So for me, it was just something really small that I could do that I never told anybody about, but it was just something that I always did. And so when I was back in Ripon and I, I, I you know, I'd left Ripon 20 odd years before that, and it, my mum and dad were always there and I would always go back to visit. So actually being there and seeing the traders and getting to know the small shops again, it was really kind of, um, it, it was just one of those moments where I thought an artisan market and I did it at the end of Mum's Road at the Magdalene's Pub and that's how Little Bird started really. And I did my first market in October 2018. Uh, my mum was actually in ITU at the time. Um, it was a little bit stressful, but I loved the distraction and I loved doing the market. And I know my mum, if she could have walked out of the hospital to go to that first market, she would have. So, and yeah, that's just how it really started. Another buzzword that I picked up whilst researching for the podcast is your North Star. So what is the North Star of Little Bird Markets? What is the true focus of the business? Well, I would hope that anybody who we work with, anybody who trades with Little Bird will know that for me, the three, my North Star, the three important things are the traders, the high street and tourism. And I can't have one without the other. They're all really, really important. And if we all work together, we can all have really successful businesses. And that's not just Little Bird being successful. That's traders being successful. That's the high street because we all need to support the high street. And tourism, tourism is, tourism is really, really important. And I'm really looking where I live in Ripon. Um, there's so many great things to do. But then when you look at all the other towns that we trade in from Weatherby to Pateley Bridge to Borough Bridge to Knaresborough, um, over to Easingwold in Richmond, we've got such a vibrant tourism in this part of the world. And for me, that is a North Star. If you put the traders, the high street and tourism together, we've got a really good opportunity for everybody to work together and, and make money and make that community stronger. You use family a lot and you and I talk about that family vibe a lot. And I don't know if you know this, but you probably are responsible for nurturing a lot of those traders. I don't think you probably know that. As in, you don't do it intentionally, but I think you just have this very positive vibe. And I know from myself and from uh, my stall buddies, um, who better be listening to this podcast, by the way. <laughs> no, we're naming and shaming. Um, yeah, you definitely have a very nurturing aspect to that. I hope so. I, I mean, I, I don't see it. I, it's just me running the markets, really. Um, I want it to be a platform where they can grow. And like I said, I've really seen it over the last year. The stalls are changing, the stock's changing, their confidence is changing. They're going seasonal. And I think we can, we can thank uh, Mark for that. <laughs> They're really thinking about how to, how to promote their business. We're running social media workshops. And I think with that, it just shows that commitment from the traders that they want to learn, they want to improve their business. And 
they also understand what it's like trading as an artisan trader day in day out on a cold market but at the same time on a heat wave when i say that you're not just a market brand that's what i mean it's the fact that you don't just go into a market town you could be accused of taking the money out of the economy and going away but you don't um obviously i do your social media for you and and i know that you're so passionate about promoting those local towns something that i just love the fact that we are going into these historic market towns like some of which i've never heard of i'd never heard of easing world before because we're going into those towns the love for the markets from that local community really shines through and like especially when we go to places like richmond they they like genuinely love us being there they do and you watch the footfall and I've, I've spent years doing this i watch the footfall and i'm really passionate about if you can get somebody off the sofa on a saturday or a sunday out of the pub i might be stereotyping here but if we can get them out of the house and to come to the market and we can use the force of our marketing our social media our promotion and our traders um, we get them out and then you see them, they go into shops, they go onto the high street and then we encourage people to bring the dogs, bring the mother-in-law, bring the kids and they'll go for a walk and, you know, I could sit here and tell you 10 things for each house town to go and do and if we can promote that and work with the local tourist boards, the local councils, we're going to Harewood House this year. How? What a lovely opportunity to come to a a really good curated market but also go and have a walk around Harewood House because a lot of people won't have been there a lot of people will but if we can if we can promote where we are and encourage people to come out you've just got to get them out and once they're out they'll go shopping I do want to move on a little bit it's award season you and your business have been nominated for two Yorkshire Choice Awards um, you are up for Businesswoman of the Year, and Little Bird is up for Independent Business of the Year. Now we kept this quiet from you, and we got um, and we kind of just very low key, sliding into people's DMs asking for nominations. And to be honest with you, we'd forgotten all about it, and then we got the email into info, and you had been nominated for the two awards. How does that feel? I've been nominated um, for quite a few awards before. I've won, I've won a few awards um, at Manchester Pride and and various things. Um, but for for me, this is for the business to be nominated. That's not just the business; that's the traders. Because if we don't have the traders, we don't the the the, the business doesn't get that nomination. And also, we're going into these beautiful high streets and. This if this nomination is for everybody that we deal with, whether that's you know the new market in Leyburn, the 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 new market venue in Boroughbridge, whatever it may be, it's about that collectively. So yes, Little Bird has been nominated for best independent business, and I've been nominated, but I couldn't do what I do without you guys and the traders, and we, without that, we don't have a business. It's, it's just going to be a, a massive um, night for us. We're going to the award dinner, which is at Ellen Road. It is, 
My dad's going to be so proud of me. <laughs> That's two football references in one podcast. It's going to be, it's going to be so happy. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. We will find out on May the 6th. May the 6th, yeah. Um, and unfortunately, by the time this podcast hits, um, the voting will be closed, but you might still be able to get tickets on the Yorkshire Choice Awards website. As well as being a business owner and running a growing business, this year you're stepping back into your freelance shoes and working on some very high-profile events this summer, which I'm kind of jealous of, to be quite honest. <laughs> Although, when you're there, I won't be jealous because it'll be crazy. Um, t tell me and tell us how important freelance work is to you. Do you know what? I, I, I suppose I don't even really realise until I get that excitement for being able to go back on them. I've had to step back for the last couple of years with all things COVID, working on live music events um, is something that I've, I've done for a, a number of years. So I, whether it be stage managing or primarily managing the gate system. So I manage the gate system, um, one of the gates at Creamfields, um, at Kendall Calling. Um, I've worked on Download, Part Life, uh, Geronimo Festivals, V Festival, lots of, lots of different um, festivals. So not being able to do it in COVID when the whole event world cut, shut down was, was really quite difficult. And um, not many people will know, but I have kidney disease. I've had kidney disease for 11 years and it's managed, everything's fine. But having a low immune system for me to go and work on festivals was something that was really quite difficult last year to say, no, I can't do that. I've got to look after myself. And for the first time in my life, I probably took everything quite seriously in that I've, I've had my vaccinations. I will continue to have my vaccinations and I'll continue to look after myself. I have had COVID um, right at the very beginning. I don't really want to get COVID again. But for me now, it's the right time to step back into festivals. And I've had a, a, a long look at the diary and I think I can fit three festivals into the old diary so I'm really excited about going back on and I've missed the people that I work with so much we have such a good we have such a good time but I also appreciate my experience and going back onto those festivals and and giving that experience so I'm very much looking forward to it and I promise not to book any more markets in when those festivals are on. Um, what do you think your freelance work gives you that you don't get from your own business? I'm used to working on really big events. At Manchester Pride, I was in charge of a 45,000 ticketed festival, but a 10-day festival with four stages, lots of things going on. I'm used to working on really big events and not putting anything at Little Bird, which I absolutely love and adore, and I love everything that we're achieving. For me, just getting that buzz of going and working on a large event and being part of something is really exciting and I have really missed it. We're going to take a very quick break and we'll be back with more conversation in a little bit. And we are back from our little break. Um, I just want to say, if you're on Instagram, we would love you to follow our new account. Please follow at whenwegrowup.com podcast we'll be posting all the information about future episodes backstage pictures of us recording the podcast and asking you for input as well so it's really important 
let you join our new community. And back to a conversation with Jackie. We, um, for the second part, we're going to talk about ethic and mindset. You have an amazing work ethic. And I want to know, where do you think that work ethic comes from? See, I don't really see myself as having this work ethic. Um, I've seen myself sometimes as quite lazy, but I have analysed that. And that's just because if I'm not doing however many hours and I take a break and do something, I feel like I should be working. But that's what you get when you're your own boss. And as I'm sure traders will know, it's you feel like you should be doing something all of the time. But I think if you're passionate about something, it just naturally flows from me. If, if I really want to do it, then I'll I'll do it. If I don't want to do it, you're not getting any passion from me. Um, do you have a five-year plan for the business? And if you do, what does it look like? Um, so I'm not going to go all business-minded on you. The the five-year business plan is it's it's just about building the best artisan markets in Yorkshire. I want Yorkshire to be on the map as the place to go. Like everybody knows about the Malton Food Festival, I want Yorkshire to be known as the artisan capital of the country quite simple that's it truly truly love that um what would you say is the biggest achievement that you've had from a little bird perspective from a little bird perspective so when you get a new trader and you see them and they're all nervous and they don't know where to get the coffee they don't know where the toilet is they're just kind of getting to know their buddies and everything and then you watch them grow and then you see their confidence growing so there's uh, a friend of mine called Laura from Concrete and Cacti and she started on the markets last year. She started in Boroughbridge and then she went to Ripon and I've watched Laura grow. I've watched her confidence grow. She's very active on social media and she came to every market. She still comes to every market but she fell in love with Boroughbridge and she opened a shop on the high street in Boroughbridge and to me that is the I've got the goosebumps thinking about it. That is the whole ethos around Little Bird, watching somebody grow and getting that confidence to do whatever they want to do. And that confidence might just be to in- keep going to markets, keep trading when it's rubbish weather, trade with us 12 months a year, um, be able to take a few months off, but still know that there's a place there for them you know so there's there's lots of there's lots of different things and also because I've been trading for four years um I've got a lot of traders that are still with me from four years ago so all our wishes little lovers all spice um evercraft indian spice there's priory vodka there's so many of those traders that are still with me now and I think that's testament to the places that we go into and that that kind of community feel that we've um, that we've made really. You um, just mentioned the rubbish weather, and um, we know that that has a massive impact on an outdoor event like a market. How do you deal with that? I do take it personally because I ultimately I want traders to have a good day. I want the high street to have a good day. Um, I try not to think about it anymore because there's not much I can do about the weather. It is, and I think we've got a really good. Um, 
kind of following of artisan traders, the regular traders, they know you've got to take with the rough with the smooth. You know you've got to take the rough yeah. with the smooth. We talk daily about it's not what you take on that market, it's what your books look like at the end of the year. Yeah. So we've gone through a really tough, really tough start to the year. So January, the weather was atrocious. We only had a few markets. I didn't cancel one market last year due to weather. We've cancelled four already, which is a huge financial hit for me personally because I still have um, rents to pay. I still have staff to pay. Um, I've got all the marketing still to pay. People don't see all the, the different marketing that, that, that we do contribute towards. Um, but I see it from a trader's point of view because I know how difficult it is. You know, we're just coming off the back of COVID. We've had rubbish weather and now it's the whole cost of living thing. And I just think everything passes we've just got to make sure that we that we hold our nerve and it's my job to encourage traders to hold the nerve and we'll get through this and the clocks have now changed and as soon as we get that nice weather the country's mood will change and I think that's what we really need and we've just got to look for that and it's it's my kind of job just to to hold everybody together I think and just you know um you were talking about marketing and you do marketing in a very new way with social media and you also do it in a very old-fashioned way with um flyering with door through letterbox flyering banners and it's something that um you don't really see very much it's something that you've taught me to adapt in my own business um is it intentional 150 percent. i have marketed is that the right word manchester pride which is a huge festival. I went to Florida to market Manchester Pride with Visit Britain. Um, I've done various forms of um, advertising, promotion, press, etc., etc. I know how to do it on various levels. But when you're talking about an artisan market with the footfall and the, the different demographics of people going, not everybody's on social media and not everybody everybody kind of gets in local newspaper goes online to read things so for me it's always about putting that effort in and doing the back to basics so you will find me on a new market putting leaflets around um, and putting them through houses putting posters up I pay somebody to do um, Stan who is brilliant he goes and puts all the banners up on a Monday night and he takes them back down on a Sunday as not to annoy the local residents where they've got a banner stuck up there for three weeks um and that's my commitment to advertising the markets i'm not organizing secret markets as Anne from fig and willow would say um it's really important that we continue to advertise because i could just sit back and take a trader's money but that's doing an injustice yeah. to you you pay that money to go onto those markets i need to earn that footfall for you and it's not going to be there all the time but as long as i know that us as a team are doing everything that we can to bring people to that market and advertise it then that's my job done really i see it as um my mum is not on social media at all but she is the demographic for your market and she would not know about the posts that i do for you because she just wouldn't see it so she would either hear it off somebody in the sunbed shop or something like that or she would get it through the door and that's I, really yeah that's I think that's kind of what um and I don't just do it when it's and I don't just do it when it's a new market every so often I'll do a top up 
Um, and uh, and also it's about working with the local tourist information, which I think people don't see as well, that we do a lot of work with them and councils and getting it on mailing lists. I have Hazel who sends out a press release every week. We're getting um, in contact with local bloggers. We work with different organisations. And, you know, for me, it's key to make that investment into the traders because ultimately that's what it's about. Since we're in Harrogate, big shout out to Joe from Handpicked Harrogate, who is a massive champion of the market. Um, do you celebrate your wins? I don't think I do, really. I just... <laughs> we, we, we'll be celebrating if we get the uh, the Yorkshire Choice Awards. <laughs> um, I just I see it as as growth really, and if if we're all growing together, we all benefit together, don't we? Yeah, definitely. And how do you deal with failure? Uh, Twenty four hours, move on. <laughs> There's a couple of questions in this which give me the goose pimples. This is one of them. So I believe that I work harder and commit to more projects then I probably should because I'm a gay man. I honestly believe that I work harder and smarter to prove myself. Do you think this applies to you? Not at all, I don't think. Um, there's only two people in my life that I've ever needed to prove myself to, and that's my mum and dad. Um, other than that, I don't know, I just seem to have had this self-confidence um, that I stand by my own decisions, and whether that could be potentially seen as arrogant or I don't know really I, I just have to prove it to myself now and to make sure that I do the best for everybody around me and I do take full responsibility for the good and the bad so I'll stand by a decision and if it's not the right decision I'll stand by that and then um what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given visualize what you want and that's what I do. If there's something that I want, I play it over. Yeah. Whether that's when I go to bed. Isn't it, you know, I don't go to bed thinking every night, I want that Jaguar F-Type, or I want this, or I want that, or I want to be in a hundred more market towns. Don't worry, Mark, I don't <laughs> visualise that. <laughs> um, but I, And I've always done this. If there's something that I want, then I'll play that out, and I'll, I'll go for it, and I'll, I'll think it through, and sometimes it might not materialise, but... Yeah, somebody once said, yeah, visualise what you want. I often say that over the past two years, I've had to overhaul my life to achieve the results that I've wanted to achieve. Do you think you've had to do that as well? Do you think you've had to overhaul your life to run this business? Yes, absolutely. Um, and the business, the business started, but then it slowed down a bit and it would have naturally grown sooner. Um, but my mum was in hospital and I basically I stopped the majority of my work and I became a carer for two years and so I think moving forward the business would have the business would have moved um a lot quicker and then I made the decision to stay in Ripon rather than go back to Manchester and that was definitely the right decision for me I'd always kind of wanted to go back to the countryside live in Ripon um, I love Manchester with all my heart and I miss it every single day. I think about it every day. But for me, the right decision was to be in Ripon. And that was quite difficult because I, I you know, I built up a really good circle of friends and I was quite key to what was going on in Manchester with my work and, and through Manchester Pride, etc. So to leave that was quite a big thing. But I feel so settled in Ripon now and in North Yorkshire. I struggle in my own business with 
things that don't interest me. So, and I would argue with anybody when you run a business, you do not love all parts of that business. So for me, it's the mundane. It is the paperwork side of it. Sorry, Steve, the accountant, um, if you're listening. Um, it's, it's uh, again, it's because I'm a creative person and so are you. How do you deal with that? Because you are responsible for this huge business and all those cogs have to be turned, have to be turning. I still struggle with it. Um, I understand that I struggle with it and I accept it. And if there's something I really don't like doing anymore, um, that's where I need to bring people in. So I, I, sh- I was struggling creatively with the social media and that's the point when we had that conversation because yeah. I was just like, I, I'm, I, I can't express what I want to say um, because we're very alike and we think very alike I knew 150% that um, you could hold the little bird social media and look how much it's grown it's absolutely fantastic and I can have a couple of sentences to you of what we want to put on the next social media post and you've done it and it's amazing Um, just before we take a little short break um, by the time this podcast is released it will be official that you will be standing as an independent councillor for Ripon. How the hell has that come about and why? As I've just said previously, you know, that can be um, quite um, outspoken on subjects. And I'm really passionate about the community that I live in, the area, the areas that are working. And um, I think if... Because I can have an opinion on something and I just don't want to be that person that just continuously has an opinion on something. I want to be able to make a difference and I want to be that voice for Ripon residents and the community and bring my my experience and, and hopefully my passion to the community that I live in. And um, it's been kind of coming for a couple of years, really. I've always been interested in politics um, for, for, for years and I think this is a real opportunity for me to be able to make a difference in my hometown. You know from my Instagram that I'm continuously banging on about the places that we go to, especially Ripon. It's a beautiful, beautiful city, not a town. <laughs> and so um, if I have the time, and I do have the time, then I'd like to give something back. And, and I think I can do that in Ripon, and I hope I can. And I hope that I do enough work in the next four weeks to get nominated. And we find out about that the day before we find out about the Yorkshire Choice Awards. So keep an eye on the social media platforms for updates about that. We're going to take a very quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about the challenges. If you've made it to the end of this podcast, you can find out more about the Winter Artisan Market at Harewood House on the Little Bird website, littlebirdmade.com. Jackie, I would just like to say a huge thank you um, for giving me this opportunity to create a podcast under your umbrella of Little Bird Made. So thank you very much for that. You've been listening to the very first podcast, which has been produced by Little Bird Media. We've recorded it at Creo in Harrogate. And if you want to record your own podcast, go on Google and search Podcast Studio Harrogate. 
and you'll find Creo there. Thank you for listening.